0: In the afternoon of the 2nd of October 2017, customs officials on duty at the import freight examination area, Easter Docks, Dover, seized a consignment. The load was being transported by a Polish driver working for transporters, AGMA. The note of the consignment stated that it came from Romania. The driver said, I loaded it at Ziegler. The load contained two large tarmac removal machines, which were examined that same evening by custom officials. The officials dismantled the machine's casings, removing a series of 32-millimeter nuts from the sides. The machinery had been specifically altered to store and conceal drugs. Inside the interior cavity of the first machine was 200 packages of herbal cannabis, with plastic wrappings endorsed Rolex. Inside the second machine was also 200 packages of herbal cannabis, with plastic wrappings endorsed Manchester United. In addition, the second machine contained 15 green blocks containing cocaine and endorsed 54. The drugs were forensically tested and valuations have been provided. Two of the one kilogram packages of cocaine were tested and found to contain a total of 2,012 grams of cocaine at an average purity of 75%. As indicated, a representative wholesale value in the UK of the total 15 kilograms of cocaine seized would be in the region of £480,000. The potential street value of the cocaine seized is £1,200,000. A representative wholesale value in the UK of the total 200 kilograms of cannabis seized is £1,000,000. The street value of this cannabis is in the region of £2,000,000. Also found inside the second machine was a black box magnetically attached to the inner wall containing a GPS tracking device. This had F1 etched on it. A white virgin SIM card was recovered from the side of the black box device. The industrial premises identified as used by the relevant companies were searched by NCA officers the day after the Dover seizure. On the 3rd of October... 2017. Unit 16, or DW Development, at Red Mill Trading Estate Rigby Street, was found to have been leased to Daniel Canning since the 16th of February 2016.
1: 16th of February 2016. The date jumped out at me and told the true story of why Bomber Kavanagh had reached the very top of his criminal career. It showed that his operation was preparing for massive shipments from Europe just one day after the funeral of his brother-in-law, David Byrne, whose murder had unleashed a horrific backlash by the Kinehan mob against the rivals who tried to take them on. 24 hours after the family godfather had stood in mourning at St Nicholas and Myra Church on Francis Street in Dublin, Bomber's Lieutenant Canning had leased the premises in the UK where drugs and guns would be delivered before being transported onwards across England and Ireland. There were terrible times in Dublin. In the days before Byrne's funeral, rumours had abounded in criminal circles that rocket launchers were coming out. Such was the threat level after the Regency hotel shooting. Eddie Hutch had already been swiftly assassinated, in direct retaliation for that attack. Sniffer dogs were brought to the church, but Bomber and the Byrne family, they just weren't worried. Instead, they were planning a grotesque spectacle designed to strike terror into the nation and to show their enemies just who they had messed with. I'm Nicola Tallent, and you're listening to Crime World, a podcast about criminals, drugs, and the sins of the underworld, in Ireland and across the globe. David Byrne was the baby of the family, an adored madcap who friends said was the life and soul of a party. For his funeral, rows and rows of young men had gathered in matching uniforms. Black suits, pale blue shirts and black ties. The colours of the Kinahan mob, specially purchased for that occasion. They formed ordered lines behind the mourning party. Lavish floral tributes designed as fast cars, bottles of vodka and boxing gloves were loaded onto three horse-drawn carts. Eleven stretch limos had lined up outside the church, along with two hearses, while eight pallbearers carried the powder-blue coffin into the church to the strains of a lone piper. Inside, the priest asked the congregation to remember Happy Harry and his back-flipping party piece. After the service, mourners walked down Francis Street, which had been shut for the occasion, and they were led to a nearby graveyard by members of the chosen few MC Biker Club. Teams of heavily armed officers followed, and the guard a helicopter watched overhead. But amidst the theatrics of the funeral, the Kinnahan mob had made their first mistake, by showing their dark heart. Daniel Kinnahan wearing a flat cap, had stood front and centre behind the coffin of his fallen comrade, shoulder to shoulder with Bomber. Bonded in death, they wanted to show that they were a force to be reckoned with. They wanted everyone to know there would be repercussions. Freddie Thompson was there too. He's in jail now, serving a life sentence for the murder of Dahi Douglas, one of 18 people who would die in the months ahead. Also in the background were two men unknown at that point to many. Declan, Mr Nobody Brady, and Sean Ruth. They were bomber's secret weapons, but their day would come too.
0: In the left corner of the unit was a wooden crate which contained a large transformer that had been adapted for internal concealment. Hidden within that transformer was a large black hold-all bag. This was found to contain a Smith and Wesson 357 revolver, and two boxes containing a total of 85 rounds of .38 Wad Cutter ammunition. The firearm and ammunition were later tested and fired to confirm that these were live rounds and that the firearm was functioning. A wet and dry swab was taken from the top of the transformer unit and was subsequently analysed for DNA. This was matched to the DNA profile of Daniel Canning, such that the DNA must have come from him. A swab was also taken from the extractor rod of the firearm. This showed that the DNA result originated from Martin Byrne and three unknown individuals. In the opinion of the expert, Martin Byrne could be the most substantial contributor of DNA to the result. A swab was also taken from a small plastic carrier bag that was found inside the black door. The results showed that this DNA result originated from Martin Byrne and two other unknown individuals. In the opinion of the expert, Martin Byrne could be a substantial contributor of DNA to the result. The transformer itself was later examined and was found to have been lined with lead. It had originally been manufactured and purchased from a German company based in Mönchengladbach. Its inner core, which would originally be immersed in oil, had then been removed, together with any residual oil, and the lead lining added as a means of avoiding detection. The transformer had also been recently spray-painted on the side and top. A number of other items were seized from the Unit 16, among them nine further magnetic black GPS tracking devices and various SIM push-out cards, a black folder marked with a registration number that matched that of a Renault truck and trailer found parked outside. The folder contained insurance and ownership documentation for the truck, A black Renault fob and silver key and black Renault remote key fob on a key ring was also found. The spray paint cans found at Unit 16 bore the same colour code as that which was found in Unit 3. The paint is manufactured by a company called Joao Paints, a franchise which operates in the Slade Road, Birmingham. The manager of that store recalls a man with a thick Irish accent coming to the store and specifically asking for this colour and providing the colour code before purchasing 10 cans. He recalled the customer paying in cash. The customer later made a telephone order for the same number of cans in the same colour. Daniel Canning's bank transactions show two card payments at the Joal Paints in Birmingham on the appropriate dates.
1: I flicked forward through Bundle A, the giant evidence file I had on the desk in front of me. I found surveillance details, pictures of drugs, guns... And the inside of the homes of and is co-accused. A copy had been handed to the trio in the dock, but theirs had to have the staples taken out first. The language, the methods and the details of their enormous criminal empire were laid bare on those pages. A family tree-style poster with a picture of the infamous bomber at the top was included, with a line going downwards to Vickery, then further down to Canning, and across to the deceased Byrne and the unnamed Polish man, last pinged on a GPS tracker in Dublin. And to Nikolai Wall, described as the man who oversaw the drug operation on mainland
2: Europe. There were there were elements of what they were doing that weren't awfully difficult to to to, to stick a label on them and what they and, and for us to unpick some of that activity where you know they'd use a slightly uh, a bogus name but then they they'd, they'd use a phone number and, a, and, a, and an account that we could link to them anyway so there was you know yeah there were things that we could we could start chasing down and it's always different when you're overtly um, uh, following up the investigation after there's been some overt activity, you, you can start being much more uh, uh, intrusive in places where you, you know you might see somebody go on, on surveillance but you might not have the confidence at that point because it's a covert investigation whether you want to go and speak to the people in the paint shop and show your hand at that stage because you don't know whether they may have an ongoing relationship and they may tip them away that the, the police have been in looking about uh, what you've been doing. So
1: The NCA had clearly left no stone unturned and the evidence being read to the court was intricate and detailed. I heard about the purchase of the nuts and the bolts discovered during the searches, about the duct tapes, the rolls of polypropylene and a rip-pack heat tool. Canning collected many of these items in person. Similar evidence was given about Unit 3 Modular Court at Enterprise Drive in Four Ashes and at the homes of the accused, cash mobile phones, and more tracker devices were recovered.
0: At the home of Gary Vickery in Shirley, the following items of note were seized. Substantial amounts of cash, including quantities of British notes and Scottish notes, as well as 15 separate cash exhibits. The majority of cash was found hidden in bags in the built-in wardrobe of the master bedroom, comprising four wrapped bundles. Each bundle contained approximately £50,000, totaling £198,430. Various mobile phones, including two black Nokia mobile phones, a rose gold coloured iPhone, two BQ Aquarius mobile phones, and a black BQ smartphone, as well as a variety of SIM cards. One of the phones recovered was a BQ Aquarius X dual SIM encrypted handset containing a Dutch SIM card. Two Legend Electric GPS tracker instruction sheets. This company has a website address www.spyshop.co.uk and Spy Shop business card was also found in the property. The instruction sheets give details as to how to log in and locate the GPS trackers.
1: I knew the Kinahan mob were very fond of tracking devices and had used them to carry out a number of assassinations and would-be hits. At the height of the Kinnaghan-Hutch feud in 2016, Guardi had warned members of rival mobs and even some journalists to check their cars for such devices. When Noel Duck Egg Kerwin was murdered in December of that year, one was found attached to his car. Jason Keating would later be jailed for his role in the murder, which centred on the device being placed under the car in the weeks leading up to the shooting. A year later, two of Bomber's men, Patter Keating and Douglas Glynn, both since jailed for directing a plot to kill rival James Mago Gately, were found to have used a tracker device to hunt their would-be victim. Further tracking devices were found at Burns' home, Miss Carmi Jones said. In Canning's home, they found a PGP encrypted phone. NCA officers cracked Canning's password with a combination of his children's names. The trackers were being used to follow the drugs and then the money. They were a form of insurance should anyone try to claim some valuable load had gone missing along the way. A useful tool for the gang. They'd also proved useful in the hands of law enforcement.
2: All of those devices have the ability to tell a story. You know, we, we had to look at the movements of those GPS tracking devices, where they were purchased initially, how they came to be in their possession, who did that, what names they used, how that was financed. Uh, and then beyond that, going back to the, you know, the company and saying, can you tell us where these devices have been over the period of time that we're interested in looking at them? So just that one little piece on its own is a lot of work that's a huge amount of work on its own that's not to start mentioning about the the levels of um you know the machinery themselves had to be dismantled in order to put stuff in and to put stuff out that meant that had to be corresponding bolts and washers and paint and, and all of those kind of things and all of those things again take time to be able to work out where the bolts came from where the paint came from do the forensic work around you know, does the paint match the paint that you've you know, the, the paint that you've got in the unit? Does that match the paint that's on the, uh, on the devices? So um, just like all investigations there's layers to it and, um, and the complexity of this group and the sophistication of the group um, meant that we had to get it right. We had to do a thorough investigation. We knew that the people that we were dealing with would um, do everything they could to not, go to jail, which is the, the which is the, ultimately their aim, is to not go to prison, um, albeit they know it's a bit of an occupational hazard if they're involved in organised crime. Some, at some point they may do.
1: The NCA analysed the tracker they'd found concealed in the machinery at Dover and found it activated first in Poland and then moved to Dublin, to the vicinity of the home of Zed. It then travelled to Birmingham and on to Vickery's home, from there, it moved to Birmingham Airport before transferring to Unit 16, where it stayed for 11 days. It then travelled from Dover to Calais and on to Belgium to GOBO Logistics. The next day, it was on the move again, first to Holland, where it remained steady for eight days, before returning to GOBO and then on to Germany, to Ziegler. On September 30th, as the NCA lay in wait, it departed Germany and made its way through Europe before crossing from Calais to Dover, where the load was picked up. Through a careful and
0: detailed analysis of transportation evidence, communications evidence, evidence of Canning's air and other travel during the relevant period, and evidence obtained from CCTV positioned outside Unit 16, the NCA identified... 23 separate importations between 28th of October 2016 and the 2nd of October 2017 from Europe. Transported by Ziegler eBrix, destined for Unit 3 and Unit 16. In addition, there were a number of consignments collected from the units and delivered to mainland Europe. As indicated, a number of mobile telephones were seized during the searches... Gary Vickery had six relevant telephone numbers and one email address. Daniel Canning had three telephone numbers and one email address. Thomas Kavanagh had eight telephone numbers and one email address. Martin Byrne had one mobile number. Analysis of these devices revealed that the parties went by nicknames. Gary Vickery was called Jelly. Daniel Canning went by Smiley. Thomas Kavanagh's number was saved by others on devices under the names Plasma, Plasma New 2, and he was referred in the communications as Gaffer, or The Gaffer. Martin Byrne was known as Scissors, or Grumpy. Gary Vickery's brother also appears in the messages and went by the nickname Shaggy. Expert analysis of the messages also identified that the defendants used code words in their communications to refer to, for example, drugs, money, locations, types of machinery and individuals. In respect of drugs, jackets equaled packages of flowering head cannabis, phones equaled kilogram blocks of cocaine, Ricky equaled cocaine TNT equaled kilogram blocks of cocaine hill figs equaled kilogram blocks of cocaine paper equaled cash the hot equaled spain the flat equaled netherlands
2: there was there was terminology which we uh, it's it's not uncommon it's it's probably like um, accepted criminal language that that we've learned over years that they 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 employ, I mean, you've got to refer to it as something. Um, so they refer to it as that, you know, and it's kind of, you know, it's, it's not uncommon to, to hear those terms, really.
0: The first shipment we are concerned with was sent from Ziegler to Far Logistics on the 28th of October. On the 10th of November 2016, Vickery appears to be in New York, as is evidence from the nature of the messages sent to his wife. That day, he sent her a WhatsApp message, showing a photograph of a group of men including himself and Kavanagh, gathering in apparent celebration with a message, ha ha, this is worth the money. The person in the foreground is Thomas Kavanagh. He then sent a further message, saying that Vickery's brother had been told by the gaffer to calm down.
1: I flicked forward to the picture in the file. I recognised James Jaws Byrne, the father of David, and Declan Brady the man at the back of the funeral now known as Mr Nobody. Since Canning had taken the lease on the industrial premises, Bommer had plotted the complex import-export plan, set up the shadow companies and found time to kill. The dates detailed in the file were significant and gave a snapshot into his world.
2: Following on from that event, there there is a series uh, of murders, well-publicised murders, um, in Ireland. Um, some of those are people that w- would have had links to organised criminality themselves, but unfortunately, there's some innocent victims that have been caught up in this. Uh, and I think it's that disregard for you know, the wider public beyond um, criminals. I think there's that criminal code. You know, they they if, you, if you're in that world, you sometimes expect to uh, to to be on the receiving end of violence, whether that ends up in somebody. Getting murdered, or not, I don't, you know. That that's that's for uh, whatever the circumstances are. But when there's innocent people captured within that, um, I think that's when it when when it changes everything.
1: By November, when he celebrated in New York, there were seven men dead in retaliation for the Regency attack: Eddie Hutch, Noel Duggan, homeless man Martin O'Rourke, Michael Barr, Gareth Hutch, David Douglas, and tourist Trevor O'Neill. Of those, Bommer was understood to have had a direct role in the two, which were both cases of mistaken identity. Martin O'Rourke was due into rehab and hoping to start a new life when he was shot dead by a hapless hitman who made his escape on a bike after missing his actual target. The Cavanaghs were enjoying their annual August break on Mallorca when the same hitman was flown onto the island after Padder Keating had randomly spotted Jonathan Hutch arrive for a family holiday. The gunman, Glenn Clark, shot council worker Trevor O'Neill in front of his terrified wife and three children when he stumbled and Hutch escaped.
2: Everybody talks about, I'm going to send some around to fill you in, I'm going to send some around to... Um you know, to, to to cause violence at your home address, um as as the the feud escalated in, in, in Ireland and, and and some of the fallout of that resulted in murders uh, in, in there uh, and in mainland Europe, you had a set of circumstances where somebody could almost like reference themselves in and, and really um uh, add some significant weight to whatever threats they made by saying, well, look what's happened, you know, this is what we do, not, not, this is what we are going to do, this is actually happening.
0: Thereafter, there were further shipments sent and received on the 21st of November, the 6th of December, the 9th of December, the 12th of December, and the 14th of December, 2016. There was a meeting at the Hyatt Hotel in Birmingham on the 16th of December, 2016, which was attended by both Kavanagh and Vickery the reservation having been made by Vickery's wife. Further shipments were sent on the 2nd, 14th and 17th of February 2017, around which there were some limited communications between Martin Byrne and another male associated with the importations. On the 19th of February 2017, Daniel Canning and Gary Vickery flew from Birmingham to Alicante in Spain, returning together the next day. Between the 21st of February and the 3rd of March, there were two further shipments. On the same date as the ninth shipment, the 3rd of March 2017, Jelly sent Smiley the following email. Can you remember what picture or stamp was on the phones we done in the hot? Smiley replied, I saw TNT on them. In relation to the delivery of the consignment dispatched on the 3rd of March, an email dated 5th of March from Vickery to Canning read, OK, sound. Make sure no barcodes on them, etc., but need some more smaller, but sturdy plane boxes, cos have to put 120 phones into them.
1: The dates went on with a further shipment on March 7th, known as Shipment ten which saw the group communicate about the hot, sisters and paper. Exchanges between Vickery and Canning referred to the gaffer on Shipment 11, which took place on March 21st, with another following close behind on March 22nd. In April, shipments 13, 14 and 15 were detailed, with further email and phone exchange. May 2017 was represented by two further shipments, while Shipment 18 made its way to the UK in July 2017. And on August 29th, three items of machinery were dispatched from GOBO on behalf of Ziegler to RWD Development at Unit 16, deemed Shipment 19. Business was booming by then, and Vickery sent emails to Canning from Kavanagh containing instructions to rent something to take the jackets. The court heard how Vickery asked Kavanagh to buy Canning a drink for the times he went to Spain to sort the money, but he was told, He will be rewarded, mate. But just leave for now, not good time to be sorting money. Ship and 20 followed on September 12th, but by then the warehouse was under surveillance.
0: On the 13th of September, 2017, Canning flew back from Barcelona to Birmingham. On the 14th of September, at 8.37am, CCTV footage shows Canning arriving at Unit 16 in a silver Mercedes, which drops him off and then leaves. He unlocks the door and at approximately 11.27 a.m. is seen exiting Unit 16, driving a yellow forklift truck with nothing on it. A few minutes later, he is seen driving back to Unit 16, carrying a large wooden box crate, approximately five feet by five feet on the yellow forklift truck. At 11.58am, another individual arrives at Unit 16, driving a Ford Focus car. The following exchange was obtained from the canning Blackberry at around the same time. Jelly knew how he's getting on. Smiley, loading last bends.
1: Shipment 21 arrived on September the 18th in the form of two items of machinery from Ziegler. On the same date, there was an email from Kavanaugh to Vickery. Collect to Hearns and take paper out to give to Ladd. Hopefully then, following week, he be done his truck work and get going. Vickery forwarded the message to Canning. Later, Kavanagh wrote, just get him to say he's been told he not to move until all is in order, full stop, all supposed to be ready three weeks ago. Canning's in Barcelona, but from the exchanges, it's clear he is frustrated and cannot locate the person he's supposed to meet. Mostly Vickery passes messages on to Canning, but this time Kavanagh gets frustrated and contacts him directly. Preparation for the next shipment began almost immediately and Canning takes another flight to Barcelona. While it's not indicated to the court, it's clear he's delivering the cash and organising the shipments. In the early morning of the 27th of September 2017, Kavanagh and Canning corresponded directly by email, with Kavanagh asking, did you see lad? Canning reported back, both direct to Kavanagh and then to Vickery, and Kavanagh then praised him and gave him further instructions. Then there was a discussion with Vickery about quantities. It appeared Kavanagh wanted to know what was going on because again he corresponded with Canning directly with two question marks. Kavanagh, the court heard, then directs Canning as to his next step, saying Jelly would be on in a couple of hours and that he didn't want to disturb his beauty sleep. To which Canning replied, Ha, I've had him up since seven. Further exchanges between Canning and Vickery, the court heard, reinforced the relationships between the parties, with Kavanaugh being referred to at all times as the gaffer. On the 28th of September, the last shipment is being prepared and there was a flurry of exchanges, one from Vickery to Canning read. Think we're full steam now. Gaffer seems in great form.
2: I I was looking earlier on, there's actually 33 days of data um, that we relied on, um, which amounted to something like 2,300 lines of information. And that 33 days is what we've built our case around for Thomas Kavanagh, albeit there was other evidence linking him to the wider seizure and the other importations, but his presence on messaging systems over that period of time and his reference as gaffer and the way in which they shared messaging between different devices because it almost um, uh, painted the picture for us around the hierarchy. One of the things within a criminal conspiracy is you want to be able to demonstrate what the hierarchy of the group is. Um, But they did that for us. Um, They did that for us on the devices that we'd recovered.